So, um, hello and welcome. Hi, this is Denise. This is Denise. <laughs> and today is Saturday, August, Is it, I think it's the 21st, uh, 2021. And today we're uh, part two of talking about chapter 21 um, and the same manager. And yesterday in our conversation, we talked about um, well, this chapter is about like, don't fight too hard for things. Um, uh, that's that's not the title of the chapter, but it's pretty close anyway. And you yeah. you told an example of early in your career at Walmart where uh, there was like a training manual for new people and they wanted to put a picture, you know, this like blurry black and white picture, of the founder on the cover of this thing. Okay, well. Well, it was on the back. It was, it was a recruiting brochure for college. A recruiting brochure. Okay. And I kept saying, why are we doing this? Nobody cares why? about Sam. They don't know about him. It's an obituary. Right. It looks right. stupid. Right, right. But, I, but when I was talking to these people at, uh, a few days ago, or more than a few days ago, the kind of the message we were, we were thinking, like, holy crap, how do we get into this where we have to fight when you get into a, a company and it's your idea or no idea? And we're like, I think it's because of just how you're brought up. Everybody's brought up fighting. You, you got to fight for your place in class, fight for your place in line, fight for your right above your older brother or sister. And and a lot of them, they have single family homes and all this stuff. And so now you're fighting for attention from one parent. Mm-hmm. And then you, mm-hmm. so it's like you have, to, you have to unlearn all these bad behaviors to be a good manager. And I, and I, do you that's think maybe they, there's they some, do you think maybe there's some ego involved in that? Of, of course, that's where ego. I think is is it's when you're born, you you have your ego. You're the center of attention. Everybody's pampering you. Right, right, right. Okay, good, good. So, what made you decide that this was an important chapter for the sane manager? Because I think if if. Uh, People sit there and we're giving, I think, a lot of good advice as being a manager, but we haven't really touched on the topic of don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think we have one that's kind of like don't be um, at in the beginning of the book that's kind of like humility goes a long way and don't be boastful because you need these people to work for you. You can't be a jerk, you know. So, yeah. Well, anyway. In addition. And yeah, yeah. Like, I think I'm going to combine a couple chapters. I'm, I'm, I'll be in Elmira, so I'm going to have actual time to do this book. I have nothing on the calendar besides lawyers, so I can focus on the book and get. I'll slim it down to 20 chapters. That's like the pattern I think for all the books: 20 chapters, two, three pages each. Right, right. But, right. but well, the reason that this chapter came up is I was talking to all these guys, and 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 when I said, "What's the one thing? The one major thing?" And then we got on, on this tangent, and then it became the whole conversation of how aggressive we are when we're young in our careers. And then when you're like an executive, you're like, I don't care. You guys go fight. I'm going to sit here and do my own thing. Leave right. Alone. Right. Right. When do you think it is worthwhile to fight for what you feel is right? I asked that question. We, we couldn't come up with a good answer for that. But Interesting. Is it, is it, worth, is it really worth hurting the relationship over yeah. something it, it, if you're doing if you're doing something correct like there's so much data out there no, nothing's really invented anymore and 
in business. It's just repackaged. Mm-hmm. So what what does history what does history tell us about this topic? Whatever you're whatever you're fighting about. Well, you know, I mean, I I go back and I think about personal relationships. It's like it's it's a it's a good watchword for all relationships, not just business ones. You know. So, anyway, okay, good, good. Um, what do you think? Like, how can you help a, a sane manager like trigger something in their mind that they know? Hey, you know what? I mean, is this really the hill you want to die on? How do you get in their mind? Um, like, what's a trigger point? Well, the thing that we talked about is like, how, how do you know when you're going to start being aggressive? And what we said was, once once you're everybody's starting to talk over everybody, the meeting's gone. When once you have that urge to, to shut somebody up by talking louder than them, we're starting a fight. Is it really worth doing that? Should you hear right. the person out? Let the person go through their thought pattern and then convert them to your thought pattern without being aggressive. Because when everybody's fighting, everybody's just going to stand on on their soapbox and and do what and fight for what what's right for them. They're not going to listen to anybody. Right. The listening Maybe stops. You're wrong too. The listening stops. It's like when people yell. Like Chris and I got into it a while ago. Don't don't put this in the book. And. Who, like who? she's all mad at my wife. Oh, your wife. Spousal fights, and it, okay. and we're just like we weren't screaming, but we were like very huffy and puffy, and clearly nobody was listening to each other. And I said, okay, okay, we're we're we're, we're done. We're not talking about this topic anymore. You go and uh, do whatever you want. We can talk later tonight. And having that break, I think it was it was about the kids, by the way. But having that break um, allowed thoughts. If you're going to die on the hill, take a break. Make sure that's the hill you want to die on. Right. They're really worth right. it. Right. Besides, if, if it's somebody else's stupid idea that's going to blow up, it's their idea. It blows up in their face. You're safe, at least partially. At least partially. <laughs> okay. And what and are you might the... get some shrapnel. Right. What but... would you say are, are the... Um... All right, so when you find yourself getting aggressive, when you find yourself talking other over other people for what you want in a meeting, when you find like everybody is like retreating to their own corners and defending their own turf, so to speak, yeah. you know. Yeah, here's um, what I say one guy said. One, one guy, and I'm talking over you, so be mad right now. One, one guy said, uh, when, you, when he finds himself thinking of a response to what they're saying while they're still talking, and he's he's like getting his defense mechanisms up. He's not listening anymore. Absolutely, yeah, that's an excellent point. Just a fight. Yeah, he's just going in for the fight. He's no longer going in there for the partnership because his mind is always already turned. Like, okay, right. you're an idiot. I want, let me think of the 15 ways that you're an idiot while you're talking for the next 10 minutes. So I'm not going to listen to the next 10 minutes what you say, which may solve all the problems. But I'm not going to listen to that because I'm going to come back and show you how smart I am, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to sway the crowd. You're not, and the thing is, you're not per- persuading anybody. You're just pissing them off. It's a meeting that nobody wants to be in, anyways. Right. 
Right. Okay. Good. Good. I, I like this. I like where this is going. Um, all right. There was another question. Oh, what are the, um, what are the, like the pitfalls? Like what, how can this damage, you know, your career short-term or long-term by being the person who let's say always has to be right. And that used to be me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm the one that always had to be right. And I've really, like you, I'm kind of like, I don't, I mean, I do care, but I don't care to the point where I don't, I, I mean, I no longer like am thinking of a response instead of listening, you know? So what would you say long-term and short-term are the dangers of acting this way? Well, long-term is pretty easy. If you're planning on staying at the same organization, you now have this reputation, and it takes years and years to fix bad things. And sometimes people hold grudges forever. They'll, they'll never let you live it down. So you had a, like I, 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 we put in the other, other book, um, your first hand, the first one, I talk about Tammy Finley, who's been dogging me for 10 years. Right. Every time anybody talks to her about a reference, she's still saying negative shit about me. Like right. He'll just never change. So you don't want to just give them ammunition that they can use to hold you back. Because some mm -hmm. people get joy out of holding people back. I don't know why. They, they, they're just jerks. Why, why give them just a, a, a softball pitch? A very, well, don't, don't say they're fine softball, but then girls will get mad. I'll be. Well, you know, like why, why give them an excuse to, to do that at all? Excuse, ammunition. And so that, that's your long-term career problem. And that's the problem I deal with with Tammy. Short-term, right. you're just going to have people mad at each other. It's going to be hard to work together because you, you've scarred people. They, they, or you, you've cut them a little. You know, they've got their Band-Aids on their emotional wounds because you vomited all over them. And uh, that's got to heal. And it'll heal at some point. Right. Do you think there's ever a time when you need to, you know, go to a particular person and say, hey, you know what? I got a little hot headed there. You know, I, you know, I apologize. I'm going to try to dial it back. Every time. Anytime that you do something stupid, you should generally, if, if you're, if you are generally sorry about it, go apologize. Don't do one of these fake. Sorry, man. Because then it, it, they're not going to trust that you were genuine or you even cared. You're just saying that because you feel as though that's what's supposed to be said. It's like, I, my youngest daughter does this all the time. She'll, um, I don't know, she's always late for school. She says, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, Morgan, stop saying you're sorry. If you're sorry, you'd stop doing this. You do it every right. day. You change the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you, do you want to say any more about like apologies? Cause there's, you know, some people call this like the non-apology apology. Like when somebody says, I'm sorry if you're hurt or if I hurt, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that, that's you're, a you're, non-apology. Right. You're kind of like, it's putting not a, it's on the not other a person. huh? Yeah, it's not an if you're hurt. You're sorry because you did something. Right. It's about you right. doing something. Even if they're not right. hurt. I, I, I'm sorry that, that I, I screamed at the meeting. Okay, no, no problem, Moses. Um, didn't bother me at all. It was a hot meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, can you think of another instance in your life when you like, you know, kind of got on your soapbox and later you regretted oh. it? 
Oh, oh yeah, my whole child, uh, my whole early career life, when I was I was doing system stuff with HR systems and how I thought we should do it this way, and here's how we do it, here's how it should look. Like I could ramble off all the stuff because I read I, I read books and I I knew what the book said, so I was just rehashing what I had read and thinking that I had read the book made me an expert in it where these other people were complete idiots because they didn't read the book and I knew what was going on. But that was like one of the most interesting things thinking back so long ago is that these books are about best practices, but they're best practices for other companies. You got to find the best practice for your company and just because someone else did it doesn't mean you should do it. So what we've been talking about so far is kind of like what not to do, you know, um, in these situations. What do you think is a better thing that you should do? Let the others talk. Let, let, let the hotheads go and sit there and be the calm person and then, you know, raise your hand or whatever to, to come out and say, guys, get, and give a time frame. Let me speak for three minutes here. If you put a timer on it, do a timer, and then get through your stuff, articulating the comparison between the ideas and then interjecting yours. That way the other person thinks they've been heard. That thing so that they know. Be, so be a, be a good listener, it sounds like, is what you're saying. Well, listen, when you're talking with these folks, reiterate what they said. Denise mm-hmm. thinks the, the the website should be blue. Now, that's a great color, Denise. My opinion, not saying yours is wrong, is that it should be yellow because colorblind people would not see the contrast between the blue color and the black text. When we're doing yellow, I think that they're probably going to be able to read it. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. So, so what you're what you're doing is you're acknowledging the other person's point of view, right? And then you're saying what you think and why you feel it's better. And backing it up with facts. Right. If if there are any, and and most times there are facts on everything. And and oh by the way, colorblind people are a primary part of our target market. You know. So anyway. yeah, our, our target market is is men. We don't for a, you you buy a chainsaw, you get a dozen red roses. Probably not a good idea. Most men don't need red roses. They might like them, but I think more of our market's gonna want a screwdriver. Right. Right. As, as in Bach and orange juice. Well, you know, you think about it, men the the vast majority of colorblind people are men, right? And, you know, when you look at advertising for like Home Depot and tool brands and stuff like that, they really are like really bright, um, um, clearly delineated, like orange and white, you know, is the Home Depot logo, you know, so that's kind of funny. So and what would you say are the advantages of kind of like dialing it back, calming down, being a better listener? saying your point of view without, you know, getting on your soapbox and getting bent out of shape, apologizing when you need to, what would you say are the advantages of behaving in that, those ways? Things get done faster. You get more collaboration. People don't feel as though they're attacked. And my favorite one is always, it increases the value. If you're fighting, then you're not adding any value. 
do you think it has every time do you think it has the possibility of people um respecting you a little bit more as a new manager yeah that they would that'd be a, a big one probably number one yeah okay good good what else would you like to say about this chapter I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure you two pages. You two pages out of it. Yeah. No. I think I think I definitely got enough material for two pages. I just I just want to make sure you have the opportunity to say your piece. You know. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's it. I, and when when you get that done, then I'll I'll combine a couple chapters and or maybe cut one out, make it twenty. So this one was a really hot topic when I, I asked everybody about the manager stuff. No, I think that's great. I think it's a good one. And so, you know, if you want to, Chris, you know, you can um, just, you know, as you're looking over them and stuff, because you said you've got nothing but meetings with attorneys once you get up with Elmira, you know, if you want to, you can email me and say, hey, Denise, do you think we could combine you know, chapter six and seven or chapters eight and 12 or whatever. And I mean, I'll work on that for you. You know, I mean, that's what I'm here to do. So anyway, okay. cool. you know, Hey, okay. did, Tom, did, did Tommy respond to you? I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. I got up a half hour before our meeting. So, you know, I was like, I'll find, no like, like, you I'll know, send him an like, email. Two two things to do in that period of time: get dressed and have a little caffeine, you know. So anyway, but no, I haven't seen anything back from him. So anyway, but well, my we'll personal it. email, post email. Yeah, well, I went to his website and you know responded that way. And a lot of times people have you know an administrative assistant or something like that you know, doing that yep. stuff for them. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of times they're weeding through garbage. So, you know, we'll see if he'll get it or not. Do you have uh, a connection to him after the conversation you had together? No, we've not met again. Okay. All right. But so we, it's we not. But we, we, we eat lunch together probably once a month. We can oh, run okay. into each other and, and I'm, I'm pretty painless. Like I, I'm not starstruck or anything, and I I give him crap. So he, right. I think he enjoys eating lunch with me and playing a little golf. Right. right. So so is he a member of that city club thing that you're in? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's how you know him. So there's a good possibility he, you could bump into him again, you know, in the next few weeks. Oh, well, of course. But I I've got his email and phone number too. He uh, he always asks me if I know anybody for jobs. I oh, okay. Give people and see how it works. I keep telling them that I want to be a walk-on one of the shows. That way I can get that off my bucket list. Got it. Got it. Well, I really appreciate the referral, and I just wanted to let you know I, you know, I followed up on it. I didn't sit on it or anything like that. So, anyway, that's uh, you know, that was that was nice, and uh, I've always wanted to do. I mean, I would call him sort of a marginal celebrity, but I've always wanted to do a book for someone who's kind of a celebrity, you know. So anyway, yeah, good. Anything else you want to share with me before you uh, get to Greenville for your meeting? Um, well, no, that was yesterday. I'm going to Rono. Oh, Rono. 
Yeah, I'm meeting Marcy. Marcy works for me. Oh, okay. Okay, good. So, good. So it's not fancy. Good. I, I had nothing else on that. On the executive chapter, I, I'll, I'll write. The executive one's going to be so simple. It's just going to be, now you've read this book, start thinking more of the executive. You're doing all this half stuff as a manager. Uh, here are some things to think about to go to the next level. It's numbers, percentages, how you're inspiring people who are managing other people. Well, we got plenty of time. Oh, I mean, do you want to do you want to go oh, through that now? Sure. Yeah, I mean, sure, I got well, you know, I I got plenty of time. So anyway, all right. So then you want um, chapter twenty two. I mean, we know we're going to combine or do whatever, but as of right now, we'll just call it chapter twenty two. Is going to be sort yeah. of like um, getting ready for to move up to executive. That's a yeah. that's chapter yeah, right. This is, this is chapter this is chapter twenty. We haven't already, we only have 19 chapters, so this will be the last chapter. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. So, all right. So, getting ready for a, becoming executive, and of course, that's going to be the book, the final edition, as well. No, this is that'll be the third one. The final edition is going to be called Sunset. Okay. Uh, how to transition from from being a worker to being retired. To being retired. Do you consider yourself retired, Chris? Kind of. I mean, I, I, can... I was looking at my, I looked at my calendar and I was, I was talking to somebody and meeting them for, and it, and I found out that for the week and I didn't do anything but meeting. They worked four and a half hours. Yeah. See, I I consider you you like semi-retired. So, you know. So. Anyway, I, all right. So, so the one on being an executive, what's that one gonna? That's not okay. That's um, the one about uh, phasing into retirement. That one's like the sunset. But the one about being an executive, I thought you were calling that the late edition. Evening edition. Evening edition. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a graphic that I that I found a long time ago that I thought was really cool. And it has like the the whole sun and it's broken up into quarters. It said uh, morning, afternoon, evening, twilight. And I like that'd be kind of cool because that's kind of like your life cycle of a career: your early, right. your afternoon, your evening, and your retirement. Right, right. That's cool. And if, I, if we have fun with this, we could even do a fifth book. So I was thinking about this a while ago too. It's called Sunrise for for kids that are in school and how not to be an idiot in school. How not to be an idiot. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Good. All right. Well, let's talk about the executive one, and that's sort of like getting ready for the move to become an executive. And you know, um, one of the things with uh, with books today is like you can go in and make a change. Um, you know, like later on down the road, if you want. And I definitely think as more of these books are written, you know, you should put towards the end of the book, you should put sort of like a tease for the fact, you know, like get the next book kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. and, but you know, I mean, they're not all written now, but like you could go with the, the one about how to, how to handle your first job, 
you know, like very soon you'd be able to go in there and say, you know, get, get your copy of the same manager, you know, the next one. So yep. anyway, just, just so they know yeah. that it's a series and they can, there's, there's more good stuff from, uh, from Chris Moses. So anyway, all right. So becoming an executive. All right. Now what you've told me before in other chapters is the way that you kind of position yourself for that is by taking on projects of other people, you know, helping them out with other, other projects in other areas. Become a manager or an executive. Um, I thought you said to become becoming an executive, but maybe I'm misunderstanding. Uh, well, when the uh, the early edition, we talk about taking on projects because then you're managing people, managing projects. Right. To be an executive, what's going to happen going from manager to director of EP is you're going to be such a great manager that they're going to want to put you in the next position. Well, the next position is nothing like being a manager. You're not working at tasks anymore. So you need to start, if you want to get there, do great at the manager stuff, but then start doing more of the executive things, which is, Hold on, take it over. Is uh, looking at the the financial aspects of your department, your company. How do you impact that bottom line more? Uh, rating your management people around you. How do you help managers become better? Because companies only. This is a Larry Wing quote. Companies only get better when the employees and the managers get better. Right, right. That makes sense. So, okay. All right. So get sort of positioning yourself for moving up to executive, what do they need to do to sort of position themselves for that? You, you need to ask more executive. You need to, instead of telling people how many things your team has built, uh, I hate the word widgets, the phone widgets or the rulers, whatever. Yeah, everybody says uh, widgets, you know, so. But whatever, we'll, we'll pick a different thing that they can build. Tell them, how, how it impacted the bottom line, how you're going to decrease the cost, increase the revenue. But whatever job you're in. It sounds like what you're saying is sort of more strategic conversations rather than yeah, task-oriented conversations. Correct. Because the, the strategy comes from the executive level, and then they, they pass it down to the managers. They, the the uh, Executive, executives know what that strategy is going to do. They just need you to do it, so they tell you what to do. How do you become part of that strategy? Right, right. Do you think, um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a yes or no, but it's like you, I, from the sounds of it, you know, and all our conversations over the years, I mean, it sounds like your career has been primarily human resources, like you didn't veer into marketing and go back or, or anything like that. Would that be correct? That, that's correct. I've never, I've, I've worked with those people like marketing, but I've never right. worked in marketing. Right. Okay. Or finance, accounting, you know, stuff like that. Um, um, Cause you know what? I remember we're helping a gal with a book a couple of years ago and, you know, we had a number of conversations about sort of like choosing which direction you want to go on the executive ladder, because, you know, it's like you may start out in one area, but you decide you kind of want to veer into another area. Do you want to address that at all or not? Or 
I think that would be in the next book. Okay. Okay. I think this is just a, we got two pages to tell them to start thinking strategically, look beyond just your team, look on how everything impacts top bottom lines. That, that's the only thing executives really care about is how are you impacting top bottom line. All their bonuses so, are linked to the total company performance. Right. So what you it sounds like what you're saying is is start looking at things and talking about things more from a thirty thousand foot view rather than just your Depart department or area. Correct. Okay. All right. And and then, and then start partnering with some of these executives. Executives like people who who add value to their lives, and see if you can get invited to those meetings. Like when I was a a long time ago, a director of compensation, my next role would be BT. So I expressed interest in it. I talked to the CEO and some other folks. And I was invited to the board meetings, so I could go. I just sat there and observed it. I didn't participate. Mm -hmm. But then later I started participating because then they found out who that guy was. I knew data. So like, hey, can you present this? Right. So it, it slowly built. Right. Like get your foot in the door moment. So it sounds like you kind of like want to move up in the circles of people you're um you're associating with or hanging out with yeah you know so that that means they become comfortable with you but then they also you know start thinking wow this person's pretty sharp you know they got they got some stuff on the ball yeah well you're thinking like doug mcmillan i always use him as my example because he's a great example he was a assistant manager, but he knew Sam Walton, went to college, got his master's, came back into merchandising, did a really great job there and kept moving up. And Sam liked him so much, took him under his wing. But before Doug became CEO of all of Walmart, they gave him the task of being CEO of Sam's Club. And after Sam's Club, they made him CEO of Walmart International. So they kept moving him and testing him. And during that time period, he's making relationships with boards of directors and the Walton family. He ends up being on the uh, board directors for this this uh, Crystal Bridges Museum that Alice Walton built. Then he had more interaction with her, and just building those relationships. So when it comes time for a new CEO, like, well, who do we want in this position? Well, Doug, he knows everybody. He's done a great job. He's he's helped out. He's transitioned through the company. He's the Voila. natural. Now, now he makes. Now he makes twenty million. When I was there in ninety-eight, he was making one hundred forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Now he makes twenty million uh, twenty years later. Wow, wow, that's impressive. Do you think that managers, like at first, they're maybe a little bit shy of trying to wedge themselves into that more rarefied air, and you know, like they they need to kind of be confident to kind of like you know, insert themselves a little bit. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. a new manager. And the, the book, maybe you put this line there. If, you, if you're reading chapter 20 first, go back to chapter one. You're not ready. You've right. got to start building that reputation so that they'll want to bring you over. If, if you're a bum and you're not doing a good job, then there's no way they're going to let you in there. When, when I was at Advanced Auto, but before I went to the board meeting, I'd already been identified as like the best Excel guy in the company. I had a relationship with the CEO, the CFO, the head of HR. 
had all these great relationships with these people, was helping them out. And then just by asking, like, well, this is for my career, they're like, great, you've done all this good work for us, but well, we want to help your career. And you get that experience. And right. the thing is, you're, if you have a boss over you, at some point in life, that boss is going to leave. They're going to retire, get fired, or die. Nobody stays mm-hmm. in a job forever. Are you try, are you positioning yourself to get that experience to get to that executive level if you want it? And right. if, if you, in my case, the the rich guy that we were talking about, the one that we had, I didn't get along with that much, he was my boss, so he's going to be there for ten more years. I need to get the experience so I get my butt out of there. Mhm. Mhm. So it sounds like what you're saying is. You know, um, top things to do to move into the sort of executive suite, so to speak, is, um, you know, speak and think in more strategic sort of global 30,000 foot view terms, um, kind of find ways to sort of, you know, wedge or insert yourself into conversations or meetings with more high level people. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what would be. You know, I mean, I, I, I would think a third one is to make sure they know, like, the great stuff that you're doing and how it impacts the bottom line. Yeah. Well, if you're talking to them, they're going to they're gonna see it's coming from you. You don't, you don't need to brag. You just right. show them. Charts and graphs. Right. Percentages and dollar signs. There, there's a thing uh, one of my old CEOs used to say is, he, he wanted HR to be the experts at chartology. And if it, if it didn't have a chart on the slide that gave him some guidance on what was going on, he didn't want to see it. Okay. All right. So it sounds like like when they know they're ready to start um, making these moves is when they're doing their job as a manager seamlessly. And as we talked about in a previous chapter, you know, they can leave and things just keep humming along without them. You know, they're, yeah. that's, that's kind and of that, when they're ready. Gives, to move. Oh yeah, and that gives them, while your, your stuff is humming along, that gives you a chance to do more of the executive things. Right. right. Like when I said it, like, when I've been at, before as a VP role, I, I built my team. I automated as much as possible. I wasn't really doing much of anything, which gave me lots of time to read books and interact with my buddy Larry and Scott and all those guys. And I, that, that's how I trained myself to be a better leader and get ready for executive roles. Read books, network, talk to people, chartology. Somebody needed something, I would do it. Yeah, you're really smart in the way that you will talk to people and ask them about things like, you know, like this, cha- like the chapter on uh, kind of kind of like don't be a jerk that we just talked about. You know, don't be don't be so be careful about what you fight for. You know, I mean, that's that's a great chapter. And and uh, but, you know, it kind of came to you as a result of having these conversations with people, you know, so well, I talk as to you all the time. Right. So as things are running more smoothly, they've got time to continue educating themselves. What would be um, um, topics that would be valuable to to read? I guess it depends on what area of management they're in and executive, whatever that they want to move in. 
but also like maybe yeah, books on leadership in general or yeah so well that uh, also on leadership and executive and being executive, one of the best books out there I, I think that's been written uh, and underappreciated is a book called boards that lead by Ram Sharon okay it was written over 10 okay. years ago And then okay. there's another one, okay. I have to find it. I think it's called um, Private Equity Secrets or Secrets of Private Equity. Okay. It's a very short book. Okay. You can read like an hour and a half. But it kind of gets your mind thinking about the percentages, the dollar signs, how to recognize people, reward people at that executive level. Cool. Okay, good. What do you think of books like, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and stuff like that? Horrible books, terrible books. You don't like that book? No. Okay. It's telling you everybody to be the same. Everybody's different. Oh, interesting. Everybody okay. seven. It's like the One Minute Manager, one of the best-selling books ever in business. It's possibly the worst business advice you could give anybody. Go spend a minute with everybody. Well, then everybody knows that you're only spending a minute with them because you read a stupid book. Right. They're, <laughs> All right. There's another book that came out a couple years after the One Minute Manager, maybe the next year, and it, it didn't get a whole lot of press, but it's called The 59-Second Employee with the subtitles of staying one second ahead of the One Minute Manager. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then, then like, for, there, Malcolm Gladwell wrote this book called Blink. Yes. I thought it was a, a very nice, nice book. I've, I've read several and, Malcolm Gladwell books, so anyway. But so, so then somebody else came up with a book called Think, and, a, and it goes through how Malcolm Gladwell's book was stupid, and the guy had a lot of good points in it, too. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, good. All right, good. So that gives me some good ideas in terms of what they should be thinking about so they kind of like get noticed in the right way um, for uh, executive roles. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What would you say yeah, is my 11 o'clock today? Just kidding. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said we have it ready by 11. And no, I won't. <laughs> um, what would you say is like one thing that you did or one little episode or story that you did that was particularly helpful in making that leap from management to executive? Uh, it's something we've talked about before is managing or leading at my level. It's so easy to go back to your old job and do the analytics or do the managing stuff or all the task work, but you're not a task person anymore. You're an executive. It's, it's hard because you're having all these people do work for you that you used to do that you're so awesome at, but they're not as awesome as you. But now it's your role to allow them to fail and mess up like you used to and grow in their role mm -hmm. and not do, the, not do their job for them. But the, we talked about Tony before and what an idiot he was managing 20 levels down below the CEO. Like he, he wanted to interview admin assistants. Right, but right. Tony, right. Let, let other people, that's not your job. That's their job to find the best admin assistant. Unless the person reports to you, you shouldn't be talking to them. It's not your decision. Right. So that's something that's like, that's what not to do. What would be an example of something that you did that, 
you know, you thought, wow, that, that really worked. That really got, you know, a um, positive nods that, that resulted in you moving up. Uh, I think what, what I did in my career to move up, like my super duper, super strength, my superpower was that yeah, I, what's I your spent a lot of time, yeah. I spent a lot of time developing my team so that I could move up because I was, okay. I, I could have somebody who would take over my role and then I could move to the next role. Right. Right. I, I did it so well at Advanced Auto Parts. When I left Advanced Auto Parts, they didn't need a director. They thought they needed a director, so they hired a guy named Stephen Henry. Stephen Henry gets there, calls me up, and he's like, what did you do here? And I told him, and he left within six months because there was nothing for him to do. I had automated everything. They didn't need a director. Right. Right. And how did you learn that that was going to be a key to you moving up your superpower. Because if I if I didn't have anybody to to do my role or my role wasn't needed anymore, then I'd be stuck in it. You get pigeonholed when you're really good at something. Yes. This is why idiots get yeah. idiots get promoted to higher positions because they're not as needed in that role. I, I see it with technical guys all the time and blowing Excel or whatever program they have, they're the best person at this program. We don't want them to leave that role. So they get stuck there forever while all these other people who are worse than them at the technical side of it get promoted to management. They're making all this money being managers, directors, VPs. Another person, that their superpower held them back from being so good at it. Share your superpower. Let others become better at it than you. Marcy's better than me at Excel. I, I thought I was the best, and then she came in, and student became the teacher. Wow. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. Good. Anything else you want to say about um, you know? Because we got some things like this is these are things to do, you know, like thinking and speaking more strategically, kind of inserting yourself into it, um, um, uh, for, you know, getting getting your team or the people that work for you where they're doing their job so well that there's like a space for you to move up. And then we've got kind of some things not to do, you know, so that's great, um, you know, for our short little chapters. Anything more you want to make sure is included in this chapter? Uh, no, I think I think we're good. I, I'm, I had me thinking about what I did in the past. So when I was at Advance, I was hired as director of comp, but I got really good, so I became director of comp and HRS and Director of Compensation, HRS, and Business Intelligence. So the, the better you get at all these things, you may not get promoted to executive immediately, but they're going to put more things underneath you, and then maybe your role will become a VP Expand. Just Expand. Based, just based on the expansion. Because right. You're adding so much value. Right, right. Okay, good. Good, good. All right, good. Well, I, I think we got information for two good chapters. Um, you're meeting today, um, and then you're on your way up to Almira. Do you want to schedule? Kind of? Do you want to schedule a time to talk? You know, like I think I can have these two chapters done like midweek or so. Um, that's fine. And what's that? Yeah, that, that's fine. I, I'm gonna. I'm in a short trip to Elmira. I'm hoping to get back on the road on Thursday and drive back. 
Okay. All right. So like maybe the week after um, we would be able to schedule a time to talk again. And do you think you'll have time to kind of look at things and sort of think about something you want to delete or a couple chapters you want to combine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. what, that's what my goal is. Fingers crossed okay. that nothing crazy goes on. Nothing crazy goes on. All right. Hold on. Let me pull up my calendar. Okay. So today is the 21st. What if we were to schedule a time to meet like the week of the 30th? That's that's the week before Labor Day. My handy dandy calendar here. I've got nothing on the calendar until the 7th. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. What if we do something on, say, Tuesday the 31st? Sure. Just okay. Just man, send me a meeting invite. All right. Send a calendar invite or something. That way I can block it because sometimes I don't do that that well. Okay. All right. Or I can How block about it right now, I guess. How about like one o'clock that day? All right, so on the 31st, that's a Tuesday, right? All right, Denise. And we're doing one o'clock, right? Yep, your time. Yeah. So. Let's, all right. All right. Good. I will send you. I will send you a calendar I invite, and then the talk shoe thing as well. And then uh, I think that'll be a kind of kind of a conversation in terms of, okay, now we got all the chapters. How do we want to like move them around or delete something or combine a couple mm -hmm. or something like that? Uh, that will work. All right. I did it right this time. Good. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay, sounds good. All right, talk to you later. Good talking to you. Glad we had a reception. All right, you as well. This worked really well with you on the phone rather than trying to do the internet. And drive safe, okay? All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye.